Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with fellow freelance models. Today, I have my friend Astrid on the podcast. Say hi, Astrid. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad that you're able to do this with me today. Yeah, oh my God, me too. I had just hosted that Instagram story asking people like who they want to hear on the podcast and your name came up more than once in response. So I was like, yeah, I should ask Astrid. She's hella cool. And how come I haven't had her on the show yet? Like, what the heck? Well, that's really cool. I'm glad. Like, I'm sure sometimes it's got to seem almost like we know each other a little too well um, because yeah. we do the Maybe workshops was, together. Maybe that was what I was thinking. Like, oh, I, I work with Astrid, you know, quite a bit. So like, Maybe I'll chill out on Astrid for a minute, but no, like, I think you have a lot of interesting things to say and, and I'm happy that you're down for it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really cool. I'm really into it. I'm glad you're doing it too. So I, I know that the first time I met you, it was at that abandoned church in Indiana. <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah. That was so long ago too. I think I had like orangish hair back then as well. Yeah. Was yeah. Orange-ish. yeah. <laughs> I had had a friend um, who was a hairstylist and she said she wanted to do my hair. And I was like, yeah, okay. And uh, I did not know what I was getting myself into, but I liked it. And like it went, as it faded, it like faded kind of red. So it, it worked out. If you edited it the right way, it looked reddish. doesn't look too different now. Yeah, you're an iconic redhead, I think, in the in our niche little world. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. When I look at your pictures online... I see a lot of things that really ring out to me as majestic. And so I feel like you are maybe one of the most majestic models. I love that. That is so, um, I have not heard that before and I definitely feel flattered. I like that majestic. For the listeners who aren't aware of Astrid yet, can you describe like how your career has progressed from beginning until where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I kind of can. I feel like it was a lot of us kind of fell into modeling in like weird ways and it grew in its own kind of weird twisted maze until it got to whatever career we're at now. I definitely kind of started it as a hobby while I was in college and didn't really anticipate or expect it to become anything because I just didn't know very much about this world and like the things that I did know about it were kind of convoluted from like hearsay and stories from like various um, photographers that I would talk to, but I never really expected myself to really get into modeling. Um, I did do some figure modeling for the college and university that I was going to. It would always be super early in the morning and like the teachers and the students were, this is one thing about like modeling for like classrooms and college for college students is a lot of the time, this is their first experience and they're going through a lot of growing pains, um, that makes them really frustrated and sometimes with like the model because you're a human being and you can only like really stay in still for so long. <laughs> but it just, it kind of taught me so much about modeling in general that then as I like grew as well, and I still do figure modeling like things for pro- mostly like art groups and various artists, but just all the lessons I learned from doing that and what people are looking for and what artists are looking for really transformed or um, not transformed, but transferred over to doing photography and gave me a lot to think about in that way. But so I started off in those figure classes. And then one day I dyed my hair blue while I was in college. I ended up deciding to get some photos of myself taken with a friend of mine. I had a friend who kind of modeled. She kind of just did it for money every once in a while when she could, but she suggested that we go on tour which I'd never heard of these modeling tours before. And it sounded completely insane to me because we could hardly get hired in Georgia. So I figured like, why would anyone in another state want to hire us to model? Um, Georgia's just like a kind of of a, maybe a slow market, I would say for modeling and photography. But that's kind of from that tour where I really learned more about the modeling and freelance modeling and art modeling in general and just all that was possible. And I got really inspired and really started to do it from time to time when I wasn't in school or when I could get breaks from school. And then when I graduated, kind of took off from there. And then I think we met each other again in 2018. 
was it for Christina Wren's underwater thing? Yeah, I, I think, think we did that. And then after that, we saw each other in Vegas at that modelographer get together. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of like bumped into each other quite a few times. And then I remember you mentioning wanting to go to Tahiti. And I feel like that's um, like, that was like one of the few times we really like got to hang out quite a bit, if I remember. Yeah, yeah we, we hung out quite a bit in Thailand because we, we were sharing that room. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just talking about all these places that we've been together makes you feel like really spoiled. <laughs> I was talking about that with a friend too. It's just kind of like, it makes it sound like we're just like these trust fund babies. It kind of takes us all over the place. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, it hasn't ever really felt like it was planned. It's just like, I kind of took the opportunities that like came up as they came up and they sometimes ended up being in other countries and sometimes they didn't. And I really like had no idea where I was going to end up going or why or what was going to end up taking me there, if that makes any sense. So when you were first getting into traveling, had you already had your portfolio rather established? I guess so. I'd already modeled for maybe two years by that point. I'd just been doing it kind of part-time for fun. I mean, I feel like your portfolio is always kind of growing, of course, and like growing with you, especially as you change as a person. I was really surprised at how many people already knew who I was in different states before I ever like even got there just because I never would have thought anyone would care, I guess, about some random model who was living in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. <laughs> that makes sense. And it was it was really cool. I mean, obviously that didn't happen all the time. It wasn't like every single stranger that I met like knew me or something like that. But it was, um, it was just a cool experience that there ended up being like this whole network of connections and people who kind of kept track of each other and like knew each other and like looked out for each other. And like those photographers that I might've had saved on my Pinterest, like also had me saved on their Pinterest and things like that, if that makes sense. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. I guess like the art world is kind of a small, big world. So there's a lot of people who we haven't met yet, but then at the same time, we're all kind of connected a little bit too. I just really didn't realize that until I started traveling. And that's kind of how I learned so much about this world. I really didn't know anything about other models at all until I started touring and meeting other models. Because really the only other model that I knew was that one in Georgia and I don't know if she still models anymore or not. Um, she was really kind of just doing it to make some extra money on the side from time to time. And I think she just had this idea that she really wanted to travel and like go cross country and see what would happen. And I figured I'd never seen the country before. So why not? It's really awesome. And at what point in this progression of events did you first sign up for your Model Mayhem account? I actually started the Model Mayhem account right away. I started that probably right after my like first or second shoot or something because someone recommended it for finding other photographers. And that made sense. So I ended up just deciding to make it so that that way I could try to meet more people and like learn more about this. But it like the Georgia market, especially like back then was just so small. I started the model mayhem right away to try to like meet people and get to know people. And um, that kind of helped. But it was between that and Facebook and like Facebook groups and I remember, I think some of the best advice that I got when I first started modeling was to make an alias. And like, I decided to do that right away just because I thought it would be really fun anyway to have an alias. I don't think I even really cared about the safety precautions because I knew I was just modeling for just for fun, like at the beginning and as a hobby. And I didn't expect it to go anywhere. I ended up like, I don't know, kind of creating this whole entire alias and persona kept me going throughout the years and grew faster than I like even knew was possible. That's really interesting. As I'm listening to that description of you getting into modeling and starting um, for fun and just creating your moniker because you felt like it was a good idea and doing that right away, it's reminding me of the times in the past when I've done some like sessions over the phone with aspiring models who are asking for advice about how to get into it and how to move more full-time freelance professionally into modeling. And one of the first things I tell them is to create an alias and then make 
your Facebook page for that alias and an email address with that alias and an Instagram page if you're going to use Instagram with the same alias and use the same alias everywhere. And it seems that with a lot of people that I've given that piece of advice to, almost nobody did it. Almost nobody created an alias. They just decided, oh, I'm just going to use my real name, but like I'm going to make my account private so that stalkers don't find me. <laughs> and another thing that, that made that them different was that it seemed that they wanted to get into making money from modeling nude right away. Oh, sure. And it wasn't like a passion thing. So it's kind of an example of how your career seems to have progressed really naturally and people are drawn to you for your artistry and your creativity and for your passion in what you're doing. Whereas if you were to come into it straight just to think, oh, I want to travel and I want to make money, then you'd probably be found with resistance if you're just in it because you want to make money. I feel that. I feel like people can definitely sense that too. And it's kind of one of those things that like, I know sometimes we get some pushback for like the fact that we're doing a job that seems like it should be too much fun and that we shouldn't be making money for it. I'm sure you've heard the labor mm-hmm. of argument over and over again. Yeah. And just kind of think about it that I'm just like, well, I've always wanted a doctor that also really loves their job that I would hope most people just would rather hire someone who actually cares about what they're doing and making than like want to hire someone because they're working really hard, but they're unhappy. I don't know. I've always thought that was a funny argument, but yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about it in that way. Um, That's really like cool and interesting advice because I feel like I've gotten hit up by models asking how to get into it. And I really like have such a terrible time knowing how to give them advice because my own journey was so much like a, I don't know, I kind of ditched around for a few years and then eventually like it became a job and people like I was able to make money off of it. And then I started trying to learn how to turn it into a job after I had it as like this hobby and kind of learned about why I wanted to do this or what I liked about it and what was important about me for doing this. I then like looked into the marketing and the networking and the building a website and creating a career. And that really didn't start happening until about like two, two and a half years after I started modeling. Wow. Yeah. I've had somewhat of a similar experience, except it took me about six years of screwing around (laughs) to start (laughs) feeling like I wanted to get serious about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's definitely not always like one of those things. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not something that you think of as a standard job. So it's not something that I feel like is obvious, like that you can make money at it. Or at least to me, it didn't feel like it was something that obviously people could make money at. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt the same way. I just wanted to do it initially to express parts of myself that I was not really allowed to express in my upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And just kind of, I don't know, get to be a part of myself that like I wanted to be that like just kind of felt right. Something about it just felt really right, I guess. And kind of going back to the extravagant life trust fund babies thing that we were talking about before, I had another thought about that. Oh, yeah. Because people follow models like you online and they're like, oh, she's going to all these cool places and look at this amazing photography of herself that she's posting. And that's just fantastic. But they don't realize that there's a lot of like not so fantastic experiences and occurrences that happen in between all the fantastic ones. For me, I would say that in the building of my career, especially when I was touring like frequently, like every month, like what you're doing now, yeah, <laughs> I would say that maybe one in 20 shoots to me felt like a really inspiring one. What would you say your inspiring to just for work shoot ratio is? Oh, that is tricky. I've like tried really hard to try to make it a little bit higher and try to focus on working with people who like keep me more inspired. I think like it's easier for me to do a better job too when I can really like work and collaborate with people like that. But it's true. I mean, some shoots are just going to be those kinds that I like show up and like I understand that I'm working and they're getting kind of what they were looking for, what they needed or what they want or what's inspiring them. And I think that's just part of like having a job, 
going back to like a doctor analogy, not every single patient is going to come in with a cool disease, right? <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> analogy. <laughs> like probably most of your patients are going to come in with a cold sore or a rash. So you're like probably not going to be too excited about every single one, but I I don't know. I... I'd say maybe about the same. It might be like one in 10, one in 20. It depends on the areas that they go to, too. Ah. I think um, certain areas have like a different culture around photography than other areas, which is like one reason they're really like sticking to the East Coast or so far. I haven't gone too, too far out West, but I find it just like, I feel like I vibe a lot more with people over on the East Coast a bit more and sometimes in Florida because I've known a lot of models who have asked me like how to get work in Florida. And I will say it is hard and it is like not always very rewarding, but I do vibe really well with like the art that comes from Florida and just the amount of nature that I end up getting to play around with. So when you describe that the environment of the photographers in the area as more inspiring or um, something that you're wanting to collaborate with. Can you go a little bit more into depth on that? Yeah, I guess like I was raised on the East Coast. I was raised in Georgia, which I honestly will say is probably one of the worst states on the East Coast as (laughs) far as like pretty much everything, but including nature. And so when I started traveling, like everything became really inspiring to me, like to get to see all these new things and to talk to all these new people and the ideas that I kind of met. I think maybe I'm just still so absorbed with what I'm learning over here on the East Coast that it hasn't like made me too, I haven't felt too much like getting too far out, but I do drive quite a bit and that being someone from the East Coast, I'm so used to having my car with me and relying on my car that the idea of like going anywhere without my car kind of scares me half the time. Yeah, I just kind of feel like I really like these clean, this like minimalist kind of look that goes a lot here on the East Coast as far as art. And uh, that continues to kind of inspire me. And so I think like I end up feeling a lot more inspired when I'm out here and I know my waterfalls and I know my like green mossy mountains and cute and trees all over the place. And whereas like, I know I've been out to the desert and I keep thinking like, it's just like a bunch of sand, but every single time I go, I like re-remember just how beautiful it is when I'm out in the desert, like all the colors and everything. But I do really love my trees. And every time I come back to the East Coast, I like re-remember just how beautiful trees are. Yes, I can totally align with that. And I would say that cities like, you know, places in Southern California, I would agree on the the photographers themselves are often more of the the nature of feeling like they need to have some kind of a power dynamic over the model, like wanting to tell you that they're going to get you published and then withhold the edits for whatever reason and, and things like that. And then other cities like I haven't been too much on the, the East Coast, but I would say that places like um, Texas and I would, I'd say Philadelphia, New Jersey, those areas seem to have a lot of photographers who are just really happy to work with models and want to f- photograph images that the model likes too. I won't say all of them, but the more, yeah. more people than not just really want to have a positive experience doing the photo shoot itself with the model and make the model happy so that they can have a good reputation within the industry. And in other places like California, there's a lot of kind of rude a-holes in my experience. No, I can totally see that. I didn't even think about it like that, but it's true. Like I kind of feel like over here on the East Coast, at least like in that like middle East Coast, the DC, Philly, um, Pennsylvania, Maryland, DMV area, a lot of people are kind of just here to make art for the sake of the art itself. And it's not quite as much about like, not everyone's trying to profit off of each other. Sometimes they just kind of value the importance of doing and creating and making something, which I mean, is probably a bit of a privilege, but I really like enjoy being a part of that. And I guess it kind of reminds me of like, when I first started is it's just, it was just about doing it because I like doing it and creating and working hard at creating a better and a better image. 
Um, and I think that's what I get inspired by. Like, I don't mind if someone's just a new photographer starting out or is having some difficulties with learning their camera or their lighting. Like, as long as they're always interested in progressing and getting better and making better images. Like, I feel like I find that really inspiring. The kind of people who are working hard to like do better and make like something that really inspires them too, really helps me feel inspired, even if it's not something that I always feel quite as connected to, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah, because you're aligning with the the process of learning how to make good images. It's not all about just, oh, I'm so awesome. Take pictures of me being awesome. It's like, okay, you're learning the skill. Let me help you with that. Like this is a little bit yeah. of an improvement. And it's it's about the creation process. But a lot of people just see the final photos and they're like, oh, she's awesome. I'm jealous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I don't know, I really value the like hard work that it takes to get there. And sometimes the really like weird techniques that we end up coming up with to get the final result. Like I love like a good studio that's made out of like tin foil, you know, like <laughs> someone like figured out that if they like went to Home Depot and used a certain kind of like I don't know, plastic that they could make their own lights. Like I just, I get really inspired by like the fact that people have thought really hard about what they're trying to do and what they're trying to make and um, find cool locations and just like, I don't know, really end up caring about like the end result, whether the end result is something that like is meaningful to me or not. Like it's just hearing their process and where they're coming from that really inspires me and the amount that people like to talk about art and wild and creating, but like kind of is what keeps me going. Right on. On the other side of that coin, there are sometimes photographers who are just kind of crazy or situations that are kind of nuts. Something that I like to ask every interviewee on the podcast is, what is the craziest photo shoot experience that you've had? I like to call this the photo shoot fail of the weekend. <laughs> That's clever. That's clever. Let's see. I definitely feel like I've had like, not a ton, but I've had a few that are kind of funny. I feel like one of the biggest blunders and like, I'm never going to work with this photographer again, just because this was like a little bit too big of a blunder was he showed up to the photo shoot and like he didn't have an SD card, which honestly that happens. I wouldn't say it happens a lot, but I would say it happens on the occasion. So he goes and runs out to get an SD card. Like he wants to shoot at like sunset. So we have a very limited amount of time, right? He's only booked like for a few hours and sunset really doesn't last nearly as long as we would like it to. And so he gets back with the SD card. And I can't remember, but he's having some sort of issue troubleshooting with his camera and like, it's starting to get dark. And then he's waiting on a stylist that he's hired. And the stylist is the one who really ends up showing up like an hour late, can't find parking, like Uh. lots of different things. And she ends up being completely drunk. (laughs) with alcohol, like still in tow. Like she still has a bottle of it, carrying it with her. Complete mess. Um, I mean, she was just going through a breakup. So I think we can all kind of sympathize with that a little bit. Uh But um, this was a job that I assume she was helping get paid for, maybe. But yeah, so she shows up. And by the time like she's done talking and he's like trying to figure out everything like the sun is gone it's dark like it's been almost like the two hours that we booked and everything and I'm just kind of like I don't know what to do but I need both of you guys to get out but like the stylist is still talking about like her breakup and um drinking and just men in general. She's like clearly not happy at all. And um, it just, it ends up taking me like a whole extra hour to try to figure out how to like leave the situation. Oh my God. And I think that's probably like some of the wildest. They want to try to get up early the next morning and try to shoot all over again. And I'm just like, yep, we will definitely talk about it. Just go, please just go. (laughs) Was this an Airbnb or like a location that you had? Yeah, this was at a hotel that I had in Chicago. So this was like the first time I ever went to Chicago. And it was just, it was almost funny. Dakota Lee, who I'm staying with now, actually, I'm in Frederick, Maryland. Um, 
she was with me. This was the first time I went to Chicago and like she came with me and we were just like sharing a hotel to do some shoots out of. Um, we were originally going to do a workshop together around the same time that got canceled. Oh my God. I guess that was a whole situation as well. There always seems <laughs> to be a little bit of drama going on in the community. Uh-huh. It was still really cool. I'm glad like I went over to Chicago and got to see it during that time. And like, but that was probably one of the like kind of wildest situations that happened to me where I like nothing like luckily I haven't been in any sort of like really horrible situations at all but as far as like awkward and everything that could possibly go wrong go wrong like that one definitely like took the cake yeah no no pictures were taken I'm assuming Nope, not a single photo. I think he didn't have his lights with him and maybe like the battery on his camera died. Like, Oh my God, <laughs> that sucks. And like, it would have been probably one thing if it was just one like thing going wrong, like an SD card. But I think the biggest clincher was just waiting on the stylist who didn't show up for an hour and then was like too drunk to really like help and do her part of the job. I ended up just being the part where we never ended up taking any photos at all. That sucks. (laughs) I've definitely learned to take deposits because trying to get a cancellation fee from something like that is complicated. Yeah, because it's not your fault that he couldn't shoot. Yeah, he came. I was there. I definitely was, I had arrived. Yeah, and you were ready to go, I'm assuming, and they didn't have their stuff together. So, yeah, that sucks. And you're like, okay, well, I'm sorry you didn't get your photos, but, you know, I was here on time. Yeah, that's something similar has happened to me before, and I'm just like, it's not my fault. You know, I'm here to work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, exactly. And, like, how you have conversations like that with people and try to convince them where – I don't know. I It's hard because sometimes I feel so bad for them. Like in some ways, some of these things are so out of their control. And then out of, in other ways, like I've worked with so many photographers that have like five backup batteries and three SD cards already with them just in case like the possible inevitable drama happens. But I guess we all get there because some sort of drama has already happened to us once yes. before. Yes. And- I will always feel bad for this one photographer I worked with. And he is so sweet. I worked with him so many times since then. But for our first shoot, he brought, I think, three or four different cameras. And the batteries died in every single one of them within the first like, two hours of our shoot. And I was just like, my like heart went out to him. Yeah. You can feel bad, but it's like, what can you do? He's you know going to go through a learning experience with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just it. But now whenever a photographer is slightly embarrassed that like one of their camera, their batteries have died or something like that, I'm just like, you have nothing to feel embarrassed about at all. I promise you I've seen something worse. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the, this is unrelated, but the metaphor is valid. When I was working at a restaurant, I uh, spilled an entire tray of like different beverages all over a customer and I felt so bad about it. I was like, Oh my God. And and the customer was like, fine. He was being nice about it, but I felt so guilty. And one of my coworkers told me, yep, we all do it. You only do it once and then you'll never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. No, that's exactly it. I mean, the thing is, is like, that's how you learn. That's how we all learn is we all have to like make those mistakes from time to time because we just don't know our own boundaries or we don't know what's possible. We don't know what mistakes can happen, you know? Yeah. At least that's what I would think. Having the backup battery is something that you'll tell yourself, oh, my battery lasts all day. It's all good. And then you get to the shoot and you forgot that you left your camera on in your camera bag. Like, oh, shit. Like, I don't have a backup battery. You're like, okay, that's why it's good to have a backup. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what it is. It's like you do it right every single time. And then it's just that one time that you didn't format your camera and you didn't like save all the photos on that SD card or something. (laughs) I just did that. Actually. Did you just do that? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, it was just self-portraits, but uh, uh, it still sucks, though. It like, yeah. uh, man, especially when uh, for self-portraits, I feel like there's so much pressure when it comes to self-portraits sometimes because you've done all this work, you've gotten yourself to the location, you did yeah. all this makeup, you're about to make yourself feel silly alone, like 
holding up your camera and a tripod and like, I don't know, at least for me, I'm just kind of like, this must look like the weirdest thing to every single animal that can see me. <laughs> and I don't know, I just also find it so frustrating to like be the can the photographer and the model at the same time. So rewarding, but so frustrating to get the focus just right, you know? Yep. And then when you find out that you didn't format the damn like SD card or save the photos and now you don't have any space in room, you're just kind of like, God. Yeah. Fate did not want me taking self-portraits today. Yeah, it happens. So I have another question for you that I do ask each guest on the show. (laughs) I call it the rising phoenix era of your life. Can you describe a situation in your life, whether it's related to your modeling career or not, where you were faced with a challenge, like a situation or an insecurity or just a career shift that you had to overcome? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think modeling has definitely been like one of the bigger things for me in general that like I, once I realized like how passionate I was about it, it just kind of absorbed me. Sometimes I joke that it's like, my biggest, my greatest like romance and love in life, but also like probably my worst toxic like romance because I'm just a little too like obsessed with it. And uh, I would definitely say like, it's hard sometimes because I think with modeling, like you have to project so much confidence in order to get jobs, in order to like continue to do this. And it's not too hard to fake it, but um, inside you're still always like insecure about like whether you're doing the right thing and whether like what you're doing is good enough or whether what you're, if you're good enough, well, and by you, I mean, obviously myself, like constantly worrying about this thing. And I think the, that gets back to like why I like talking and having like these art kind of conversations with different photographers and different other models is we kind of all kind of experience it. And I think I don't hate that I have these insecurities nearly as much as I did when I first started out because I realized how much learning about these insecurities and how to like combat them or get over them has like made me feel so much more compassionate about when other artists are going through the exact same thing. And we're always going through it, you know, we're always going through moments where we feel like that high, that we're doing everything great and everything perfect. And then suddenly we have like a crash where everything seems to be going wrong and we just want to go on a hiatus and disappear Mm -hmm. for a little while. I think we all kind of go through it in various forms or other sometimes not as dramatic and sometimes like huge sweeping, like we're, I mean, I see it like all the time on Facebook as well, that like someone's always quitting modeling. And then like in the next few months to a year, we remember how much we love it or we've like refined our inspiration. But um, I think it's just like that imposter syndrome that people always talk about where we're just not entirely sure, especially with modeling. Like how on earth did I get to this point that it's working so well? And I forget about all the work that I did to learn how to start a business and make a business and all the work I did ahead of time to learn about modeling before I even decided to make modeling a business. Um, That it wasn't just luck that got me here and it's not just going to be bad luck that's going to take me away. Yeah, That, that is really meaningful. And then when you have a career like modeling, people on the outside will often mention, oh, but it's only something that you can do while you're young because they say beauty fades with age. And how do you feel about that? I feel like that's such a lie. Like, I don't know why that rumor ever got started or how that rumor ever got started, but it's kind of the same thing too as like there's so many weird stigmas about modeling And in general, like the amount of times, like I've had to correct people that I'm not vapid for constantly being on the internet. I'm just doing my job like, or on my phone or something like that. Like it's not, we're putting in a lot of work and we're putting in a lot of effort and those kinds of things can live on forever. There's always a market for whatever look that you have. It's just sometimes harder to find that market or those markets are always changing. But as a model, you're always, there's always like you as a product that you can sell to someone else that needs either an older model or a younger model or a redheaded model or a burnet model or something one way or another. So it's not like, like 
you have to quit modeling. It's just maybe sometimes you don't like your new market or you don't like the new genres that are more open to you now as you get older. Or I think people end up deciding to phase out and they end up becoming more passionate about other things in their life. But there's all these like weird misconceptions when it comes to modeling. And especially that one, I hear all the time that like, you don't want to do this when you're older or that you can't be able to keep doing this as you get older. And I think it's not quite that that's so accurate. I think it's just that this is a really hard job. And a lot of the women that get into modeling start doing it, women and various other models start doing it when they're in their early 20s and you're traveling so much. But if you want to start a family, if you want to start doing other things in your life, you might not want to keep doing it into your 40s. But I think there you could be doing it at all different stages of life and figuring out different ways to come to come around and do it. It just ends up depending on you and whether it's worth whatever sacrifices or whatever learning curves you're willing to go through to be able to keep modeling at different periods in your life. Yeah, true that. And modeling doesn't necessarily have to mean going to different cities every month and working with a bunch of photographers every month. I've sort of felt that myself. I, yeah. I haven't been touring as like actively as a lot of my other model acquaintances, a lot of people that I've had on this podcast, including you, I did it for such a long time. And I was thinking like, oh, I want to shift. I still want to model, but I don't want to fly to a city and do 10 shoots in five days and then fly home. And a lot of photographers were telling me, oh, so you're thinking of quitting modeling. I'm like, (laughs) I'm not quitting modeling. I'm just changing the way that I do it. So just because you're doing it a different way, like down the road, doesn't mean that you're not creating and modeling. It's, it's, you just do it on your own terms. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I find that so funny that you mentioned that, that like photographers are like, oh, you're quitting modeling. Cause I feel like I get that all the time after I've made a post about something like, Hey, I'm going to go take a vacation for a week. I suddenly get like a bunch of messages asking me if I've quit modeling. I'm just like, I don't know where people are always reading this when like you need a break for yourself or you're changing up your business. Like things aren't always just quitting. Sometimes things are just changing and developing into new and different kinds of ways. And I think like we really need that, especially as freelancers, like the, it's kind of nice to that we get so much flexibility that we can create our own paths. But at the same time, it means that we take a lot of time to find what our own paths are and what's good yeah. for us. That's really good advice. And I will say that if, if you stay in, in any path for too long, you'll burn out for sure. I think you'll definitely burn out. And you know what, with the way like times change too, you never want to stay in one path anyway. If you're like doing the same thing now that you're going to be doing in like 10 years or that you did 10 years ago, like the world's changed. People have changed. The markets have changed. The audiences have changed. Like people want different things in 10 years. So you kind of like want to continue to develop yourself and figure out what you want to do and be able to change with the times. Yeah, change, that, that is really good advice. And as you were just mentioning that, it kind of reminded me of like the magazine industry, for example. If they didn't change with the times, they would just be trying harder and harder to get better and better at marketing to sell their print magazines. Yeah, And nobody's yeah. buying that crap anymore. Nobody yeah, buys print true. magazines anymore. So if you're a model and you're trying to run your career a certain way and that method of income in that strand of modeling isn't popular anymore, like, I don't know, Zivity, for example, is a platform a long yeah. time ago that was kind of the previous version of Patreon. Nobody's using that platform anymore. If you're trying to like market that, then it would Yep. No, exactly. Exactly. You kind of have to be ready for the fact that things are going to change and people are going to change and kind of embrace it. Like, and who wants to like stay in the same thing? Art is always kind of developing and progressing and learning from each other. And so I think that's also something I also have, like, I came to find when I started touring that I really loved about like being a model or being in this modeling network is that we kind of all stay connected and you have to stay connected to each other. Like there's no like being super isolated as an artist unless, I mean, you can, but it's, it's a little harder to keep going and to like continue to be successful. We all need each other and we all learn so much from each other and like develop cool and new ideas from each other. 
I, I fully agree with that and have experienced that in my life as well. At yeah. what point in your career did you like start getting involved with other models, like on Facebook, private groups and things like that? Um, let's see. I think it might've been, it was pretty late. It might've been about four to five years or something like that afterwards. And like, right as I was probably right around the time that I met you and a little after that, I started getting more involved and getting to know people. And it wasn't really until I started, like I graduated from college and I could tour full time that I got to actually start meeting other models because I mean, being in like Georgia and never like meeting other models, I was just kind of like, man, no one, like why would anyone like you or other like models that have been doing this full time ever want to meet like country bumpkin um, <laughs> kind of model, you know, like it's just, it, I, I think about that a lot with like newer models. So I try to be as nice as I can if I have like the time to do so and like get to meet them because I think it's just one thing that I've definitely found from this industry that I really, really loved was that the nicest people end up being the most successful people because it is all about just being open and getting to know each other. There's not, I mean, there's probably a little bit of competition, but really it's just about networking and helping each other and cooperating. And like that kind of kept me more inspired and more interested in getting into this was the amount that like you meet one person and then you meet another person and everyone's just so open and like interested in like what you're doing and like being a part of it and having you be a part of what they're doing as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think that because we're traveling actively, the competition is less of a element because if you're only going to be in like Philadelphia for an entirety of five to 10 days out of the entire year, then other models who are your friends who are also going to go to Philadelphia, you can be like, oh, I worked with all this list of people that might want to work with you. It's like, it's not competing with you because you're not going to be there for another, who knows, 10 months. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, photographers have budgets, of course, like they can only hire so many people in like a month or something like that or a year. But like, even still, I mean, it's better to kind of like get to work with other people rather than always seeing them as competition. Like I'm happy yeah. if someone else can get the job and then I'll try to get the job elsewhere. And I always told myself too, that like, I don't want to become like the best model because I've harbored the most resources and like, hidden them away from everyone else and made it harder. Like I'd rather be hired as a model because I'm good at what I'm doing. I want people to be getting like the best quality. And like, if that competition helps like force me to become a better model or pose better or like try to work harder at my business, then I'd rather have that kind of competition to keep me stimulated. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally align with that as well. Yeah. But luckily, yeah, I think for the most part, everyone's been super nice and it's been more helpful for us to be nicer to each other. Agreed. And ever since Facebook groups started forming, I think the industry as a whole has become more of a community feeling. Because when, yeah. I, when I first started modeling, I, I mean, I first started in 2006. I didn't join any Facebook groups with other models until maybe 2015. So it was oh, yeah. a long time of being kind of on my own and only interacting with photographers. I would go to group shoots here and there, but it, the group shoots that I was going to back then were more like, you know, they had a bikini contest involved in it. So we were already kind of pitted against each other. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. And I didn't even think about that, but I kind of forget because like, I feel so lucky that I got to start modeling in a time where like social media was so big already. Like I already like started with Model Mayhem and I started with Facebook the very moment that I even knew about modeling before I even knew anything about becoming a professional model. Like I could kind of see this community. And I will definitely say like, as much as I love working with photographers, they don't give necessarily the best advice on how to get into modeling or how to keep up of a modeling career. And I think that's one reason too, like modeling was such a hobby for me for a long time. And it, I didn't really like become interested or involved in turning modeling into a career until I had already started touring because I just didn't know very much about this. And the things that I'd heard about it from other photographers didn't make modeling sound very appealing to me at all. Yes, I 
totally know what you mean. Uh, and any photographers who might be listening, I do appreciate it when photographers like write a handbook on how to get into modeling. There's usually some information in what they give that is helpful, but there's also a lot of stuff that might be problematic that is phased out of or being phased out of the modeling industry today. Yeah. Uh, I've known photographers who've like, you know, done what they call mentoring of other models. And those scenarios might be helpful to the model in the beginning, but could turn into somewhat of a a manipulation of the model themselves when the model becomes more popular and the photographer who supposedly mentored them feels entitled to something because of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, yeah, there can be some awkward situations for sure. I know like the photographer that I shot with, that very first one who shot me with the blue hair, like couldn't understand why he can't like get a business running off the ground since then and things like that. Because if he shot me, then why shouldn't like other... Yeah, it's interesting for sure. And I would definitely say like, I wouldn't say all the advice was terrible that I got, but you definitely want to take things with a grain of salt and realize that you're on your own path and your own journey as a model. And it's made me so nervous about giving new models like too much advice too, because I know they're going to like get into this and realize that certain things worked really well for me that aren't going to work for them and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes any kind of mentorship for anybody kind of a double-edged sword because what like what you said what worked for one person isn't going to necessarily be the same we all have different niches and different preferences of what kind of path we want or what we think is success because one person might think of you know making a hundred grand in a year as that that is their success marker and another person might think that oh getting published in xyz magazine is going to be what marks me as a successful model Exactly. And it's going to be different paths that are going to take you towards whatever your goals are, whatever directions you have. And I honestly couldn't even tell you what goals I had when I started modeling or what goals I have now. It's been mostly just like, I think my goal has always been, how can I keep doing this? And that's like been what worked out pretty well for me. I think I like almost had my brain explode once trying to figure out a new goal. And I was like, no, I think this is just, this is what makes me happy. And this is what I'm like interested and curious about keeping up is like, how can I do it even better next year? Yeah. Oh man. The goals thing. I, I think it's good to have goals, but I think that if you focus too hard on having a specific five-year plan, then you might end up shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. You have to always be what's the word metamorphosizing or working with what's coming at you. And if you're hard lined towards a certain goal and something that's coming at you, you don't perceive as in that path, you might be shutting down potential doors that could be opportunities. Oh yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And plus like by the time you reach that like five year, like the near the end of their five year plan and you're headed towards your goal, you might realize that that goal wasn't, it didn't, it doesn't look the same when you're up close to it as it did because you're learning so many new, so much more information and so many new things as you're like going and exploring towards that goal and that journey, especially in modeling, which is just such a like weird, convoluted industry because like as much as like we can talk about it, there's so much going on and so much changing and so many directions that you can go in. It's really hard to really wrap it up in a bow and explain it to any person. I don't know about you, but like, I still have no idea how to explain what I do when I go to a party or when I meet my (laughs) friends or like, I don't think my parents even understand what I'm doing half the time. Yeah. When, when I first started, I've mentioned this on the show in the past, but I was hooked on that TV show, America's Next Top Model. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I'm going to be a petite fashion runway model. And that was my goal at the time. I was like, I'm going to do everything that it takes to become a fashion runway model in the petite class. And it quickly became obvious to me that that was not impossible, but that that wasn't the pathway that I actually wanted to do. Like I thought that I wanted to do that, 
because mm-hmm. other people were like, oh, you need an agent. You need to work for a fashion company and get pa- published in magazines and do ad campaigns. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do if I'm going to be a, quote, real model. And yeah. now I don't care if somebody else considers me a real model or an Instagram model or an OnlyFans model or whatever they want to put me in a box as. You ever feel like people put you in a box or that you've had to kind of tell yourself or tell other people, this is the kind of model I am? Oh, God, yeah. Like, I don't know. The amount of times I feel like I get put in a box, it's like everyone wants to like decide exactly who you are and what kind of model you're going to be right away. And I remember too, like when I was just looking into like turning modeling into a career, this was like a two or three years into like the mod after I'd started modeling, I think two-ish years. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll take a look into agencies and things like that. And oh, I met so much resistance because I was already like too old and too fat. And I mean, like <laughs> their standards, like for agency stuff is crazy, you know, like I don't even, and I think what drove me crazier too is like, as I did more research is it's just, it's also arbitrary and like, they want you to look a certain way and to be a certain way, but they don't want you to have this much experience, but they want you to have this experience and they all come up with their own weird rules. And in the end, from all the people that they talk to, like the idea of getting into agency work, like even if you got accepted into an amazing agency, you might never see a job. And I was like, what is the point of working this hard and meeting these many standards and still having no control over like if I'm getting a job or not, or if this isn't bringing me any closer to any sort of goals? I mean, I felt so much more successful at that point, just going off on my own and doing my own thing that I ended up just sticking to that. But I totally agree that like, I don't know, I feel like I'm still having to clarify half the time to most people too, that like, I'm not in an agency. You're not going to see me in a JCPenney ad probably. Like I'm not that kind of model. I do like the weird modeling you probably see on Pinterest. And like, I don't know how people wanted to find that, but I remember like when I was looking into the agencies, they like really looked down on all of the modeling that I did. And I was just like, pretty much if you took your clothes off during a photo shoot, their like whole entire idea was that you've already like screwed yourself over. And like, I got started in art nude modeling. I loved the art nude kind of stuff. And my parents were like so much more for like art nude modeling than fashion modeling when I first got started. Cause they just have like an idea of what art is versus what fashion is. My parents are just very strange and that's probably a whole conversation in itself. But yeah, I definitely felt like, felt that pressure to like look into the agency work as well. And I think we all kind of do to like legitimize what we're getting ourselves into and to have like an easy identifiable answer of like what we do as a profession. Then we kind of realize that, what's that saying that they have and whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter and the rules are made up anyway. Like, I love that. Yeah. I kind of think about that with modeling all the time that like, I mean, call yourself a model. Like the people who sell you clothes at um, Hollister call themselves models. So modeling means whatever it is that you really want it to mean. You just get to identify what that means, what your parameters are and what your boundaries are. And I think it just becomes really hard because like people want in general, like a pattern, they want to put you in a box. They want to describe a model as being either someone who has an OnlyFans or they want to describe a model as someone who only does agency work or blah, 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 blah. But really like we're all just kind of a conglomeration of a lot of messy, mixed up things of whatever is ending up working in our lives. Some of us pose in art classes. Some of us sell our booth babes, like sell things at conventions and events. And like, it all ends up following under that like modeling category. Yep. And I even struggle with this to this day after modeling for so long, I struggle with telling myself, you know, if I just picked one thing and focused really hard on that, like if I only did underwater modeling and that was all of the content that I shared and like everything that I did was related to a specific one niche, I tell myself, oh, I could be so much more, uh, successful or well-known or, yeah. or whatever. But then I, I always have to go back and think, well, if I just did one thing all the time, then I wouldn't be satisfied because I feel like I need variety in my yeah. life. 
Well, I feel like too, like that's the whole point of modeling was like not to get typecasted, but so we could be so many different things and so many different people and wear so many different hats. And like, as much as like, it can be stressful and pressure just to have the like, because like as a model too, you're kind of your own accountant, you're your own manager, you're your own marketing specialist. Like you do so many hats just in modeling that why would you want to just do only like a few different genres as well. I think that's kind of the fun in it. And maybe like we could become super specialized and experts in one thing. But I have this theory that like COVID was so hard on so many artists because we pull from like our experiences in life to create art. And if you're sitting at home, you're not getting a lot of time to create new experiences and memories and thoughts to pull into your art. And I think for like when we switch genre to genre, like I feel like I learned so much from one genre that I then carry over into another genre and it ends up making each one so much deeper. Yeah. And then beyond just the genres, the methods of income, like because you could be within a certain genre and just have a YouTube channel on that, or you could be a model for other people for that. Like, oh, if I was just focused on the YouTube channel, it would do so well. But everything is another activity with time in the day to progress towards that you know, very true of, so but. it is a choose your own adventure kind of thing and you can really like include whatever add-ons you want and take off whatever add-ons like aren't working for you or you aren't yeah. doing like you can have an instagram as a model or you could only book your work through facebook and model mayhem like people have done it one way or another you know so yeah it, Like you can be whatever age you want. You can look however you want. It's just all about finding your own market and finding how to like market towards those people. And then if you don't want to make money, but you still want to model, like, I think that's totally legitimate and good. Like good for you. Yeah. Do whatever is working and whatever makes you happy. Like when it comes to this, it really is kind of a choose your own adventure. Agreed. I'll, I'll, probably going to end the podcast soon because I, but I keep on coming up with new thoughts every time you say something. <laughs> um, I totally get that. Yeah. This, I feel like we can always talk a long time. Th- this topic has come up a lot when it comes down to what you just said, do what makes you happy. A lot of modeling, especially when early on in the modeling career is a lot of people pre- pleasing and trying to prove yourself to others that, you know, you are legitimate or that you're doing a good job and so you you might do things that feel less genuine to you, but you feel like you are moving towards pleasing others or proving yourself to others. Have you ever felt that with yourself? In the oh, career yeah. You have? I think to be a model, like, is to be a people pleaser. Like, this... I remember once in one of the modeling groups, they asked people what everyone's like Myers-Briggs was. And I think like most models ended up being an INFJ. I'm just like, yeah, "Yeah, that makes sense. Like everyone here is just like a social worker for the most part, but in a totally different way. But yeah, you're an INFJ also. Are you? Yeah. You see it? You see? Like this is what we do is like we all ended up being attracted to this one way or another. So we're all people pleasers. I think the greatest thing about modeling for me was that it taught me how to assert boundaries because I needed to assert boundaries if I wanted to be able to keep this going. If I wanted to keep modeling and if I wanted to become successful and I wanted to like not completely burn myself out, I really had to learn how to assert boundaries, make boundaries, figure out what my boundaries were and become stronger about them. So even though like I might've gotten into this becoming a people pleaser and I still do people please a little bit more than I should, I mean, that's part of like what helped me grow so much is always going that extra mile. And I think like being super passionate about it didn't help me not want to put in 110% like every single time. But like as I've gone and as I've matured and as I've like gotten to experience this, I've just kind of learned that in order for me to do this and continue to do this and to continue to do this well, I have to assert boundaries and be very firm about like, the ending time of shoots, for instance, instead of letting everyone go over. Um, mm-hmm. Because otherwise I'm like being rude to the next person or I'm not going to have time at the end of the night to book new shoots for the next month if I'm just shooting with everyone for free. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I definitely have felt that people pleasery tendency and continue to, but at the same time, it's been 
really kind of ironic that in the end, I've being a people pleaser has taught me that I really have to learn how to make boundaries in order to please as many people as possible, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a weird roundabout. Yeah, and just keeping yourself healthy is going to be better for your career, which is going to be better for the people who are working with you down the road. Oh yeah. No. And I definitely had to learn that. I like love touring and I love modeling, but like, I remember having a panic attack on my way to a photo shoot just because like my body was just so stressed out. I like hadn't gotten enough sleep and like, I hadn't given myself enough time to just like have quiet moments to not think about anything. And I was like driving over to the photo shoot and I remember this and I just like, like suddenly couldn't breathe. And um, I think I got to the photo shoot and just like laid on the bathroom for like five minutes until I like could cool off and then went off and pretended like nothing happened. So I'm still a little bit of a people pleaser. I pretend like nothing had happened at all. I'm like that cat that like falls off the counter. It's just like, <laughs> nope, didn't happen. I'm totally graceful and balanced. I promise. Well, I didn't want to freak anyone out. And like, I've had panic attacks before and stuff like that, but it just like really like called to me and was like, hey, you need to schedule more time for sleeping or otherwise you're going to have this problem like for a photo shoot or it's going to get worse or something like that. And I just like realized I needed to assert this boundary if I wanted to be able to keep like modeling and being a good model. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to end up affecting my work. No, that's good. I mean, sometimes you have to be pushed to the limit to realize where and when to set your boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you have to think about it yourself that you're your own boss. So sometimes like, I don't know, I have weird conversations where, with myself where I'm just, I have to remind myself that like, as a boss, I need to be kinder to myself as an employee. And as an employee, I need to be firm with myself as my boss every once in a while. Demand yeah. like equal pay and certain work hours and stuff like that. I don't know. Just very funny little like, things like that and remind myself to treat myself the way I would want to treat another employee or how I would want to treat another boss of some kind and think of it very much as like, how would I want, what kind of workplace would I want to be in? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like thinking of it that way. I guess that is the struggle of, of all freelancers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've always heard that the moment that you become your own boss, like the worst and the the worst boss you will ever have will be yourself. And the moment that you become your own boss, you're suddenly never going to stop working. Yeah. And they also say um, a thousand hours working for yourself is better than one hour worked for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's kind of hard if you would apply that to modeling because when you're modeling, yes, you're working for your own business of your own, but you're still modeling for other people frequently. Yeah. You're working with clients and things like that. It's, I don't know, it's a weird kind of, uh, yeah, no, for sure. So you just have to realize, like, I don't know, if you're being harassed by a client, for instance, like, what would you want a boss to do in that situation, especially when you don't have an HR in your business? And um, in some ways, it's kind of nice because I don't have to, like, ask a boss for, like, hours off or like when I need vacation time or when I'm just too stressed out or like I think about it like if I were in a normal job like I couldn't tell it or it might be hard for me to convince a boss that I don't want to take on a client anymore because they're being too mean they're rude or something like that but like because it's my own business and I'm my own boss I can decide that like hey this client is like putting too much stress on my employee, which is me, but putting too much stress and like being really demeaning and is making it hard to work. And it's just like not something I want to associate with my company. And um, sometimes I think like, even though I work really, we have to work a lot, at least we can kind of create our own parameters in that way. Yeah. Very valid, very valid advice for anybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right. I think it's about time. Did you have anything else that you wanted to mention before we end the show? Um, I think I'm doing pretty good. I think like we could just keep talking forever, but yeah. um, <laughs> maybe we'll just do this again sometime. And uh, yeah. it was really a joy. Thank you so much for bringing me on. Um, I'm so glad people wanted to hear and hopefully this ends up being as interesting for them 
as um, it was fun for me to do. Yeah, I think people are loving it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback, especially from photographers who are interested in working with models that are on the podcast, or they're just getting more insight about what it's like to be a model. So it does seem like a lot of industry people are listening. Um, That's awesome. And I totally get that. There's a lot of curiosity and we learn so much from each other. Yeah. That's great. No, I think it's great that you're, you're putting all this together. Like I know it's work. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right, well, I'll put your information in the description of the podcast so people can check you out on your website and on your Instagram and Facebook if you want me to include all those links. I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, great chatting with you, Astrid, and enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Have a great one. I hope uh, you're able to enjoy many beautiful sunsets and sunrises in Utah. Thanks.